My whole life, I've been told what I couldn't do because I was a girl. Well, this was my chance. The only thing I could do was take it. This is Skylar Resna, and welcome back to Stories Retold. Welcome back to Stories Retold. It's your girl, Skylar Resna, and y'all, we have an amazing, amazing book today. So this book was chosen because, as you probably have seen, if you're not living under a rock, the live action Mulan came out, and I absolutely refused to watch it. I do. Mostly because I was so disappointed by The Lion King being a Lion King stand. I didn't want them to take the joy from, the joy of Mulan away from me, too. And I know I said something bad about Disney last week, last month, but I do not want you guys to think I hate Disney. I absolutely love Disney. Disney is my heart. Anything Disney, more often than not, I'm down for. Like the live action Aladdin was absolutely amazing. I'll watch it again. The songs are my favorite. It was perfect. However, I knew there wasn't going to be any singing in this Mulan I knew there wasn't going to be Mushu in in this Mulan. I knew she wasn't going to cut her hair in this Mulan. And I was like, those are moments that meant a lot to me. So I said, no, thank you. I'm not going to watch it. I went and found a Mulan adjacent story. And that's how we got Spin the Dawn by Elizabeth Lim. And it's an amazing, amazing book, you guys. It's magical and... You know how I feel about magic. I am a fan of all things magic. But before I go too, too much in the book, let's go ahead and get our summary that we got from the book, from the published book itself. On the fringes of the Great Spice Road, Mia Tamarin works as a seamstress in the shop of her father, once a tailor of renown. She dreams of becoming the greatest tailor in the land, but as a girl, The best she can hope for is to marry well. When a royal messenger summons her ailing father to court, Mia poses as his son and travels to the summer palace in his place. She knows her life is forfeit if her secret is discovered, but she'll take that risk to save her family from ruin and achieve her dream of becoming the Imperial Tailor. There's only one catch. Mia is one of 12 tailors vying for the job. The competition is cutthroat, and Mia's job is further complicated by the unwelcome attention of the court enchanter, Eaton, who seems to see straight through her disguise. But nothing could have prepared her for the final challenge, to sew three gowns so dangerously beautiful, it would take a quest to the ends of the earth to complete them. So the main plot of our story is very similar to Mulan, where we have a girl who wants to be great, but alas, the patriarchy, the ever-accursed patriarchy. So when we meet Mia, we meet Mia, her mom, her dad, and her three older brothers. And I really like, I really like the fact that they included her siblings in the story, because as a person who has two sisters, in a host of people I call brother and sister, I love seeing the relationship 
between siblings because having siblings is awesome. If you don't have siblings, I'm very sorry, but having siblings is awesome. Even when they're a complete headache, it's awesome to have them. So we see her very happy life and everyone works in the tailor shop. Now, the brothers are not great at tailoring and making things, but Mia is just, it's a gift. It is her gift, her natural talent, you know? And then in the spirit of Disney, I know this isn't a Disney book, but in the spirit of Disney, her mom dies. Very classic Disney. Well, old school Disney. And in the book, now there's this big war that comes out and it takes away her two brothers, Finley and Sendo. And I'm so sorry if I mispronounced those. So now that's left is her father, Mia, and her older brother, um, Kenton. Kenton. Now Kenton decides, I'm going to run away and join the war after they find out that Finley died. And he's like, I'm going to go get Sendo because... I can't have him die too. And he goes and Sindo dies two days before the war ends. Two days. So Keaton comes home and he's paralyzed. So now we have sick father, an old sick father, a disabled brother, and Mia, whose best chance is to marry Rich. On a separate note, that really gives me Angelica vibes from Hamilton, but I'm not going to go there. So now we have to find a way to get some money in the house, right? So Mia's doing odd jobs here and there, um, a little bit of mending, which she can do. But as a tailor, she can't be a full-on tailor because she's a girl. So the boy next door, Kalu, he's the baker boy. And he's like, you know, you can marry me. You'll never be hungry again. And he like tempted her with food and stuff. Like, you know, marry me. You can get all the bread you want. Ah, uh, sir, are you serious? You see me hungry. You see me and my father and my brother were hungry. And you talking about some, if you marry me, here's some free bread. Ah, uh, hate people like that. I absolutely hate him with every fiber of my being. Because that's just rude and disrespectful. So let's take a moment to thank God that Baba, which is dad, Baba is not so hungry for food that he's like, let's go ahead and, you know, let Mia marry Kalu so we can have some food. He's like, no, he's just a boy. He's not good enough for you. I'm like, yes, dad. Thank you, father. I love books when parents have common sense. It just, it, it makes me smile. I'm really happy for it. So yeah, all that was in the first chapter. It got kind of dark, but there was some uh, there was some light shining. So then a unit comes, who is an emperor, the emperor's official. He comes to the house to take Baba to the summer palace because the master tailor of the Tamarind family has been requested. You know, so Baba can't go because he's old and he's weak. You know, sound familiar? A little bit. An old and weak father who can't go when he's called. Ah, Mulan. And Keaton can't go because he can't walk. And ain't nobody going to help him because you can't walk. So, oh, and plus he's a terrible tailor. Like he's, no, he's bad, bad. So Mia, she's not allowed to go because she's a girl. Mm, another, another similarity. 
So she got to do what she got to do because you already know what's going to happen. She cuts her hair and she's going to sneak out. I love it. Now, here's what I love that's different than the actual Mulan movie we're used to. So as she's going to steal clothes from her brother, let's just say borrow. I don't want to say she's a, a stealer, but she's going to go borrow some of his clothes so she can go pretend to be a boy. Now, when she goes into his room, he wakes up. Keaton's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I got to go because somebody got to go. It's not an invitation. It's a demand. Somebody, we have to go. So he's like, all right, sit down. Let me teach you how to be a boy. I was like, oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. I love it. Because, you know, Mushu was great, but he he didn't do a great job of telling how to be a boy. Because that walk was horrendous. Okay. In the animated movie, it was horrendous, but it was funny. And so she gets everything she needs until she just can't. So he's like, I'm too tired to even like open my eyes. He's like, you know, go be safe. And she's like, make sure you walk. Every day I'm gone. It was beautiful. And then she's walking out. Her father catches her. I'm like, you must be a terrible sneak. Or these people just got great intuition, you know. Because Baba's like, I knew you were going to go. Because you you were the strong one out of all of us. Like, we knew you were going to go. So he just gave her um, a pair of her grandmother's scissors. Some scissors, he said, um, they never spoke to me. They were waiting for you. And I was like, okay. I had no idea. I had no idea. On the cover, you know, she got a pair of scissors. I don't know what these scissors are finna do. Because scissors are scissors, right? Yeah, I thought so. And then, you know, maybe her grandma's spirit gonna come out the uh, come out the scissors and then, you know, something magical gonna happen. I don't know. All I know is that Mia is now Kent Keaton to the rest of the world and Mia is off to the palace. Now, this trip to the palace takes a couple days. So, you know, she's just trying to knit something or do something to keep her hands busy. So, when she gets there, she's the last one to arrive and everyone's just staring at her. Well... Yeah, we can call her her because we know her, but they all think it's a him. I'm not going to confuse us like that right now. So everyone's staring and she's just like, what is it? She looks down. She is dressed in rags because, you know, she just came from poverty. She got skilled, but she's in poverty. So she got these rags on. She ain't thinking nothing about it. All her thought was, I'm going to walk up and be the Imperial Tailor. She did not realize it was a competition with 11 other people. And what makes it worse, all of them are master tailors of their craft. Craft. So she knows some of them, where they come from, and she knows how they operate, what their specialties are and everything. But she's dabbled in a little bit of everything. So I'm confident in her. She's pretty good. Now, the judge is, you know, we thought it was going to be the emperor. But no, the judge is his fiance, Lady Sarnai, who is the daughter of the man we just went to war with. So obviously, you know, some people in the in the competition are feeling some kind of way. But Mia's smart. She keep her mouth shut because, you know, you can't be talking bad about people. You got to watch your mouth because you never know who's listening. Okay. So uh, the first competition, they had to make a, what was it, a, a scarf or a shawl I think it was a shawl now somebody accidentally spilled tea on the shawl and the shawl was ruined I'm like oh my 
gosh. You still, what? I just got here, bruh. I just got here. But you know a threat when you see a threat. Talent always shows haters gonna be haters. So when, when Mia is alone and she's just stressing out, her grandma's scissors start to glow. So Mia just grabs them and they start to work on the shawl, just making it beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And she would have won, except she used the color yellow and Lady Sinai does not like yellow. I was so upset with this girl. I said, dang, could you be any worse? Could you be any worse? So, so Lady Sinai is always accompanied by the Lord Enchanter, Eden. We don't find his name is Eden later, but his name is Eden. But Lady Sinai does not like magic. So why they're together, I don't know. I don't know. Um, There's nothing going on between them. I just want to make that clear. Nothing's going on between them. Nothing romantic. So just letting you know nothing um, suspicious in that way is going on. But the Lord Enchanter is always like, you know, real interested in Mia. So much so where Lady Sinai was like, um, you really seem to like him. Should I send him up to your chambers? And I was like, oh, no. This is not good. I don't like it. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I don't like it. <laughs> but um, he's very interesting. He He's always trying to help Mia. Why? I don't know. But he knows that Mia is really Mia and not Keaton. So, hmm. He's being a little flirty too. So I'm just like, mm, sir, what you, uh, <laughs> what you doing? But he tells Mia, use the scissors. You know, the scissors did great for you. Continue to use the scissors. And she's like, no, I don't need the scissors. I'm better than the scissors. He's like, you're right, but use the scissors because they're going to help you. They're going to elevate you. But it takes her a minute to get comfortable with these scissors. And by the end of the contest, I think she uses it maybe one more time. But she's very against using the scissors. So, later on, there are four competitors left. Because everybody who was talking smack about Lady Sinai so happened to get disqualified. Coincidence? I think not. But, um, so Mia is called to Lady Sarnai. And long story short, she's like, I need you to be a spy and spy on Eden for me. And she's like, oh, um, okay. Eden comes to her room later. Nothing happened. But Eden comes to her room later and he's like, you know, so what's going on? And she's like, she wants me to spy on you. And he's just like, oh my God, you're a terrible liar. Like, not that she lied about, you know, her having to spy on him. But the fact that he's like, you, can, you can't keep a secret. You can't lie for no reason. How you kept this up, I don't know. But that was just funny to me. That was just funny. So we see she wants to spy on him. For what? I, I don't know. But that's interesting. So we might want to um put a pin in that right there. So, so one night, there's a fire in the workroom where all the tailors are working. And Mia tries to save everyone's pieces, 
well, she's she's outside the room when she sees the fire. She runs inside, tries to save everybody's peace, and she chose to try to go back out. And the door that was just open is closed and locked. Somebody locked her in. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the competitors named Norbu. Now, Norbu is always winning the competition. So why is he trying to sabotage Mia? Mm, we got a lot of reasons over there. We got a lot of reasons. But Norbu does find out, well, he figured out that Mia was really Mia and not Keaton because he did research. He was like, mm-mm, something ain't right here. He was like, you are a girl, but I don't care about you being a girl because that ain't going to mean nothing because you're still going down. And, you know, Mia's like, whatever. I got this. I'm going to win this competition for me and my family. Uh. So everybody's work ended up being destroyed except for Norbu and Mia because her work wasn't in there anyway. She was, um, her work was in her room. So... Every, the other two had to quit, and one of them was very close to Mia, like really helped her, took him, took her under his wing. It was it was beautiful. I hate um, having to see him go. But Mia was like, I'm not giving up. I'm not going to let this man win. So, like, go on last contest, me last competition. And even though everybody in the room was like, wow, Mia's a clear winner, Norbu won. And Mia snapped. She's like, oh, no, he's cheating. He's using magic. She, Lady Siren, I hates magic. He's cheating. She said, I don't care. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so that's your little spot. So that's who you got to do your dirty work. See, that's why he won. I was like, oh, my gosh. But, and then Norbu, he thinks he's he's going to be exposed. Like, oh no, you even call me out. I ain't even call you out, sis. He goes up to Mia, rips her shirt off, and you see like the bandage where she like tied down her boobs. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, it's a girl. Takes a dun and start beating on her, giving some whips on her back. But then who comes to save her? <laughs> Eden. Obviously, they're so cute. It is so cute reading their little um, encounters. It's very cute. Now, Eden saved her because the emperor found out he could use her because he heard about her magic scissors. He said, I'm going to make everybody forget, except for me, that you're a girl. Me and Eden and you are going to be the only people in, in the palace who know. But I need you to help me. And she's like, how can I help you? He's like, you'll know when the time comes. So so all of that was just in part one. I, and then I thought, you know, I'll play this at part two. Part two? I look up. I'm halfway through the book. This story is halfway. I'm like, if that's half through the book, what on God's green earth is the other half? But luckily for Mia, Mia became the Imperial Taylor. And she's so super excited. And then she gets summoned to like the throne room or whatever and so she has um a little something she has to do so a little more about lady sarnai she does not want to get married to the emperor because she felt like her father betrayed her she was always told i would never like by her father that she would never be you know given away as some kind of trophy or of of political reasons you know and then here we are going from the emperor 
and everyone like has rumors that she was supposedly engaged to somebody that she actually loved and now she has to marry the emperor so what everyone is speculating is that she keeps putting off the wedding because she doesn't want to get married to the guy so when um, Mia is called to the throne room Lady Sarnai um, is like okay you're gonna make my wedding dress and Mia's like, of course, your majesty. Like, of course, I'll make it. And she says, and Lady Sarnai says, I want the dresses of Amana. Now, Amana is one of the deities of this story's world. And so the story of Amana's dre- dresses goes a little something like this. So there was the god of thieves, and he was so skilled that he boasted he could steal Amana's children which are the sun the moon the stars the gods laughed but he was like nah I'm gonna do it so he captured the first two pretty easy he captured the sun and the moon very easily but the stars were a little harder so he shot arrows at them and caught and caught their essence that bled into the sky and Amana was so enraged that she buried the world in darkness so the god of thieves realized he was wrong and tried to give them back. He tried to give everything back. But she was like, I'm so not happy. I'm so not happy. So the god of thieves called on Heaven's Taylor to make a gift for her. The, thief, the god of thieves kept slivers of the sun, the moon, and stars. And he asked the tailor to make three dresses so beautiful they would blind the mortal eye. And of course, the tailor did it. And... The dresses were so dazzling that Amana forgave the thief and returned the dress to the world. Well, returned the light to the world, but only for half the day. Because the fragments were only enough for half the day's light. And this was just a lesson that everyone knew as um, reason not to anger the mother goddess. So she's like, those three dresses I want made. Everybody is like, um, lady, you crazy. You can't get those dresses made. Many, everybody who has tried to go get those things have died. And she's like, well, that's what I want for my wedding. If I don't get that, I'm not getting married. So doggone it. Now Mia has to go on this life-threatening mission to get all the things she needs to make the dresses of Amana. And of course, Eden has to go with her to protect her. Even though he kind of disobeyed the emperor by going. That's another story. But yes. So that, and then, so part two is basically this whole journey. And it is so much. There is so much in this journey. One of the things I'm going to mention, I'm not going to talk too, too much about the journey because that's like the... The, the juicy, juicy part of the book. But one thing I'm going to mention, they were at war with, I want to say the Balarians, I forgot their names, but something with the B, with the B folk. I'm calling them the B folk. They were at war with the B folk. So on their way, they're traveling through the desert at one point. So they get through the desert and they run into some B people, to the B folk. And um, um, Maya, Maya, Mia, I'm sorry. Mia is so like tense around them. She's like, oh my gosh, these are the people who like killed my brothers and they're just, they're evil. And Eden's like, you know, everybody didn't fight in the war, right? 
it wasn't everybody. You can't blame them for what other people in their community did. You can't do that. So it's just, I think that's a beautiful lesson to learn. You can't judge people just based on what they look like and who they are. You have to base it on the action that they do. You know, I think that it was absolutely beautiful. I mean, of course, there are more there are more lessons in this story. And there's a lot more magic to be seen and had. But that is basically the, the, the gist of the story without giving too much away. It is really a great book. You guys, go pick it up, okay? Go pick it up. So my favorite part of the story is how it's written. Um, There's something new around every corner. And if you guys are longtime listeners, well, I guess long time. I mean, we haven't done this for very long, but frequently listeners, I'll say that you would know one of the favorite, one of my favorite things that an author can ever do is prove me wrong. And just when I thought I knew where this story was going, she was like, um, no, ma'am, let's make a, let's make a sharp right turn. And we're going somewhere completely different. And I love that because that's a book I can't put down. And I love reading a book I can't put down. That's my favorite part. Also, all the magic. I'm such a fan of magic with a dash of romance. And of course, of course, just a little bit, just a little bit of mystery. Absolutely love it. That's my favorite part. Um, my least favorite part would be the patriarchy. Yeah, I think that's, a, <laughs> I don't think you can get a worse, a worse least favorite part than the patriarchy. Because if this wasn't how it was, Mia could just go and be the best tailor in the land because, huh, she is. Um, shoot, even bring Mulan into this. None of this would have happened if you let Mulan go be a soldier. It would have been fine. Everybody ain't got to go. She just wants to. Let her do it. But mm, my least favorite part is the patriarchy. And I don't think that needs uh, much explanation. But my least favorite part is the patriarchy. So the moral of the story, down with the patriarchy. Be a good person. Don't be like Kalu. Don't be like Kalu and Norbu. Be a good person. And follow your heart's desire. I have always been told as a child, your gift will make room for you. It's a Bible verse. I think it's Proverbs 18, 12, I think. I think it's, but um, yeah, your gift will make room for you. And Mia's gift is being a tailor and sewing and creating with her hands. And that's a gift you cannot take away from her. So whatever your gift is, go chase it go do it even if it isn't your nine to five go do it no matter how long you can give to it if you can give an hour to what feeds your soul every day I promise you will you will feel so blessed so so that is all I have for you guys thank you guys so much for coming back I can't wait for you to join me next time. If you have a book recommendation that you're just like, ooh, Skylar, you have got to read this book, you can email me at storiesretoldpodcast at gmail.com. You can drop it in um, my DMs. I'm giving you permission to slide in the DMs at storiesretoldpodcast on Instagram and Facebook. 
or you can just find me wherever because you know I'm all around and until next time on your own story read to expand your mind and I will see you next time bye